the world has written a narrative of motherhood that's narrow and limiting. But that's not how motherhood was designed to be. We don't have to accept that narrative or stay in that confined space. As Christian mothers, we have the freedom to create a beautiful, fulfilling, and inspiring life for ourselves and for our families. We can live a life of purpose and vision in the midst of the confusion around us. I want you to move from being unsure to being confident as a mom. I want to see you let go of the overwhelm and guilt and embrace the freedom we have in Christ. Let's learn how to enjoy the life and the family we've been given. Let's create homes where faith can grow and hearts can be shaped for the kingdom. I'm Audrey McCracken, and welcome to Grace for My Home. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Grace for My Home. We are in the middle of a very, very busy week. I'm sure you are too. I heard a quote the other day that said, part of being a mom is saying next week things will slow down for the rest of your life. And I thought whoever said that, they understood. They understood what it was like to be a mom because that's exactly how it feels. You keep thinking, well, next week things will be slower. Next week I can catch up. And next week, never it never happens that way, right? <laughs> so we are, this week we have football and soccer and other things going on. And it's just been a busy week. I think on Thursday, this coming Thursday, we have three events. Each of our, our boys have an, an event that night and there's only two of us. So we've had to divide and conquer and call in reinforcements to help us get everybody where they need to be. So I'm not complaining. I'm thankful. I'm thankful we have boys who want to do things, who are involved in things. But we are looking forward to um, to the weekend. I just I want to thank you today for tuning in. I was thinking about this earlier. You know, there are so many good Christian podcasts out there and, you know, so many encouraging um, Christian podcasters. And I'm just thankful that you have decided to join me this week. I don't take that for granted. I'm honored. And I hope that I can bring you something of value. Some, I hope I can make some deposit that you will have something to chew on this week, something to meditate on this week, something to think, to think about. And, you know, that's my desire is to encourage you in this mama walk that we're walking together. And this week, I want to talk with you about building our lives on the rock, you know, on the rock of Jesus Christ. He is the rock, right? He is the firm foundation. And I want to talk with you this week about what it looks like to build our homes on Jesus. What does it look like to build our homes on truth? Because that's what we want to do. You know, we want to give our our children a firm foundation with which to build their homes. We want to give them stability. You know, we want to give them truth so that when they go out into the world, they have they have a clear vision of what it looks like to be a Christian, of what God is like, and they have truth tucked away in their heart that they that when the storms come when the temptations come, that when the lies come, they have um, an artillery. They have a a storehouse of things 
to defend their faith with, and they have a place of rest. They understand that in Christ, they can, they don't have to fight all those battles on their own. And so what I want to talk with you about today is how do we build those kind of homes? You know, Jesus in, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he gives his famous Sermon on the Mount. But he, he teaches this whole sermon and he wraps it up this way. In verse 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And you notice in this that these men both built a house, and they both suffered, or they both had to endure a storm. You know, just because we're a Christian does not exclude us from the storms of life. The Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. We are going to go through trials. We're going to go through things. It's the way we stand during the trial. It's the the foundation of our life that gives us stability through the trials. And that foundation is the word of God. Jesus said, if you hear these words and you obey them, and that is what gives us our stability. That's what gives us our foundation. It's the word of God. It's knowing what God says and putting it into practice. It's standing on the word of God. Because, you know, we live in a time when everything is shifting. Everything is changing. You know, we live in a time where good is called evil and evil is called good. And the Bible warned us, it told us these things will happen. This is how it will be. But he also gave us the solution. He also gave us the antidote. Build your house on the word of God. Now, in order to do that, there's a couple things we have to do. You know, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. We have to fall in love with Jesus. We have to know him. There, I remember growing up in church and hearing people say, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And I remember feeling guilty because I thought, I don't love that God. I don't love God that way. I don't know God that way. You know, to me, it was like God was almost an inanimate object far removed from my life. And I didn't know him in a personal way. I didn't know his great love for me. So when he came into my life and I realized that John 3, 16 meant, you know, for God so loved the world, it meant he really, really, really loves us when, you know, I had, and only the Holy Spirit can give us that. But when I had that revelation of, oh my, he really loves me, then my heart in return just loved him. And, you know, we have to fall in love with Jesus you know, he is not a religion. He is not a creed that hangs on the wall. You know, he is not a list of do's and don'ts. He is a person and he loves us. And we 
we grow in love with him day by day. Remember that old hymn, it gets sweeter and sweeter as the day goes by. And that's what it's like to fall in love with Jesus. We have to know him as as real, as a personal savior. And as we get to know him, we have a deeper, closer relationship with him. And that is the goal. That is the number one goal for us as Christians. You know, it says in Revelation, he rebuked the church, one of the churches, because it says you have, you know, you've done the right things. You know, you've, you've obeyed me. You've gotten rid of the ones who were preaching falsehoods, but you have left your first love. Loving Jesus is, is the number one goal of a Christian. It should be our number one goal is to know him, to love him. And so first, we have to know him. We have to know him as a person. We have to know him as real, as interested, as involved in our lives because he is. And then in order to obey him, he says, if you if you love me, you obey me. To do that, we have to know his word. We have to know what the Bible says. We have to know what he truly said. You know, we we can have we need wonderful Bible teachers. Bible teachers are a gift from God. You know, there are people who just have a a gift from heaven and anointing to teach the Bible in a way that we can grasp it and understand it. And I'm so thankful for that. But that cannot replace our own time, our own study of God's word. Because we need to hear for ourselves what the Holy Spirit says in the Word of God. And we need to meditate on that Word and get it in our hearts so that it's ours. You know, nobody can take, the enemy cannot take the Word that is hidden in your heart. It's there forever. And we need that Word hidden in our heart so that we do not sin against God. You know, in Proverbs 14.1, it says that a wise woman builds her house. But a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And we want to be those wise women. We want to be the wise woman who's building her home, building her life on the Word of God, and not the foolish one who tears it down. Now, when I hear that, I don't think the foolish woman is purposely tearing down her home. But sometimes because if we're not wise, if we're foolish and we don't know spiritual truth, we don't know life principles, we do things that we think are going to get us the results we want, but really they're tearing us down. They're tearing down our life. Now, the Bible teaches us wisdom. It teaches us spiritual principles. It teaches us life principles. It teaches us the ways of God. And when we put those ways into practice, then we see good fruit in our life and our life is built up and it's stable. You know, we want that stability. You know, the rains are going to come. The floods are going to come. The winds are going to blow. The important thing is that we're going to be standing when the winds are over, when the rain dries up, when the floods recede, that we're standing on the rock. And when we have meditated on the Word of God, when we have made it our own, when it's not just something that we know about, but it's something that we've walked out and proven that it's true, then we are standing in that day. We're standing when the floods recede. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for my children. See, we are showing them that life, that the life principles found in God's word are true and that they stand true, that they are tested and that they won't let you down. 
And that's we have to prove that for ourselves. But we also have an opportunity while our children are in our home to show them the same thing as the example of our life. So I just encourage you, first of all, we fall in love with Jesus. Second, we get to know what his word says for ourselves. It's so paramount that we study God's word, that we get it inside of us, that we know what it says. Because, you know, when we don't, when we know what it says, but we don't know what it says, you know, when we've heard some things, but we're not 100% sure, it's so easy for the enemy, Satan, to come in and take it from us. It's like with Eve, you know, when Eve was in the garden, the serpent came to her and tested her with her knowledge of the word. And he said, did God really say? And see, she, she wavered. Well, I, I think. And we need to know what God really said for ourselves so that when those temptations come, did God really say that? We can stand on not what someone else said, but what we know God said to us in his word. You know, when Jesus was tempted in the in the in the desert, he was there for for 40 days. He was hungry. The enemy always comes when he sees opportunity. You know, when we're weak, when we're tired, when we've been beaten up, when we've been through that storm. You know, that's when the the lies come. That's when the doubts come. That's when the temptations come. Did God really say and we need to be able to say, yes, God said this, and maybe I don't see it right now, maybe I don't feel it right now, but I believe it. I believe that he said this, and I'm going to stand on his word. That's your foundation. That's where your strength comes from. And the more we do it, the more we prove it, then the more real it becomes to us. You know, when we're first learning the word and we try the word out, sometimes things can happen. And it makes us doubt. You know, maybe things didn't work out the way we thought they should. You know, I tried to stand on the word. I tried to do the right thing. And maybe it didn't work out exactly right. But that's not the time to give up. That's the time to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I thought this is what you said. I thought this is what the word meant. But it didn't work out the way I thought it should. Can you shine your light on it and show me the way so that when I go back through this trial, I can know that I've heard from you. I can, I can trust in you and not run the other way because, you know, the enemy wants to make us run. He wants to make us think, Oh, that doesn't work. I'll do it my way. Guys, there is such a blessing in doing it his way because when the storms come, our way will not carry us through, but our way will be those that are, that are unstable, that are washed away. But we we don't have to be that person. We can be the wise woman who's building her house on the rock, you know. And then the third thing, you know, is we we love Jesus, we learn His word, so we know what He says, and then we go and do it. There is a temptation, and I think it's just part of our fallen nature to think, "Oh, I know the word," so we don't have to do the word. It's like, "Oh, I know that," but we're not doing that. And, you know, we all face that temptation. I think it's common to man, common to women, right? Oh, I know that. But are you doing it? Lord, help us to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. You know, Jesus was the word, right? He was the word. But it says he went about doing good. 
So we need to not just know the word in our mind and go, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a good scripture. But put it into practice. Let it be part of our of our day, of our ebb and flow. You know, let us meditate on the word and let's be the word in action for our little ones, for our big ones, for the for our community. And you know, God will show us the way. God will show us the way. You know, I love where Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You know, they followed the the disciples and more than just the disciples, others. They followed Jesus around. There were a whole group of women who followed Jesus around meeting his needs. And they followed him around. And they they were with him day and night for three years. And then when he knew he was leaving and he said to them, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you without help. I'm sending my spirit to you. He has given us his Holy Spirit to help us because he knew he could. He knew he knows we can't do it without him. We can't do it in our own strength. You know, if we could be a Christian without Jesus, then he didn't need to come. You know, if we could be a follower of God, if we could obey God without Christ, then Christ died for in vain. We can't. And that's why we need him. That's why we need his spirit. Because Paul said it so, so, so well. He said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I keep doing. But it's the Holy Spirit in us that helps us to break those cycles and helps us to obey. And it starts with love. It starts with loving Jesus, falling in love with Jesus. It, start, it, it Then it moves on to, you know, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Lord, show me your commandments. Teach me your commandments. Let them be real to me. Let me know that I know the truth. And that never ends. We're always learning, always growing in that. And then it moves on to doing those things, putting them into practice and also leaning on the Holy Spirit to help us do those things because we cannot do those things in our own self. We can't do those by our own power. If we could, we didn't need Jesus to start with. So I hope this has been an encouragement to you this week that we can build our home. We can build our family. We can build our, our lives. We can build our, our house on the rock. And when we build our home on the rock, doesn't mean we're not going to take hits. Doesn't mean everything's going to go well for us. It just means after the hit, after the storm, we can still be standing in Christ. We can still be standing with stability. Jesus loves us. He cares for us. He has a good plan for us. But we only find that in him. We only find it in Christ when we have our eyes to to him and we're listening for him. He said, my sheep know my voice. And so as we grow in God, as we grow in Christ, we grow in strength and we become stronger. And the trials that used to, to wipe us out, the trials that used to be, we could barely hold on, we get stronger in those things. And then new trials, and <laughs> then we get new trials. But that's okay. That's a part of it, right? Um, Lord, I thank you for my friends. I thank you that you are growing us up in you, that, Lord, we are planted in your soil, that you're giving us the nutrients we need, you're giving us the rain we need, you're giving us the sunshine we need to be the people that you know we can be. And, Lord, I pray today that you would help me, that you'd help the, my friends to love you, with the love of God, that, Lord, we would love you, not in our own strength, but in yours, and that we would crave and desire your word, and that you would help us to get in there and give us revelation of what it says, what it's saying to us, and to do it. 
And Lord, I just thank you that you've not left us as orphans. You've sent your spirit to show us the way, to help us, to strengthen us when we're weak. And Lord, we honor you today with our lives. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you've enjoyed this episode today and will join me here again next week. You can find more encouragement on my blog at graceformyhome.com. God bless. Bye-bye.